Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today. Coming at you live from my podcast studio in my guest bedroom. Hope you guys are keeping safe, washing your hands, taking care of your heart and your body. Um, This has been a long time, you guys, that we have been in this. And and I really um, encourage you and hope that you are connecting with people, saying what is going on in your soul and um, pursuing health for yourself. So let's just hang in there, friends. Hang in there. The music in the background, which music is getting me through, including this album from our good buddy, Mr. Torrin Wells. Make sure you grab a copy of his new album, Citizen of Heaven. Today on the show is a podcast favorite. Y'all always request her back and her new book, Ready to Rise, is extraordinary. Joe Saxton is dear to me. One of my favorite preachers and pastor voices one of my favorite leaders to follow. And I am just sure that if she is new to you today, uh, you are going to fall in love with her and just find her to be such a powerful, kind voice. And so here's my conversation with my dear friend, Joe Saxton. Are you just doing like a billion interviews right now? Like yeah, a book launch? Yeah, so, I mean, it's a surreal. <laughs> Launching a book in a whole new landscape. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> Okay, so do you remember last year you really spoke a word over my life that it was time to do some pivot moves for me professionally and Mm -hmm. ended up being personally as well. It was a real word from God through you. Oh, we use the word all the time. It's one of our like key words at the office because it was so on point for what God's saying to us. But tell me, what does it look like you're having to pivot right now in the middle of a pandemic and you're launching a book? How do you do that? I mean, I think there have been multiple things. I think I've, one, given myself permission to feel all the feelings yeah. that it takes. I think there, there was one day when I was with my team and I just wept and I said, I'm weeping for the losses and the losses of how I thought things were going to be. I wept for, I said, and I guess there are big things and small things. We had a tour planned. There were events planned. And I'm an extrovert like you. Yeah. So like being yeah. with people and I love the chance. I mean, I love all the things I get to do, but I love the chance to talk to someone eye to eye. And I yeah. said, I'm grieving that loss. And then there are the, then there are the other losses. One of my trips was to England, which means I would see my family yeah. and my family were in isolation. Do you know what I mean? And then um, yeah. I have a niece in Hong Kong. And so there's this kind of this well, this groundswell and this welling up of, of just the grief of the losses, even whilst knowing that my, um, and, I know, and I'm not doing the your loss is better than that loss, but at the same time, having perspective that there are still so many things that are wonderful. Man, how do we, that is such a challenge that we've all been doing for weeks Mm -hmm. of giving ourselves permission that the things that suck really suck yeah, and are really sad, but we are not, none of, none, nobody in my life is worst case scenario today. Yes, totally. And I think there has been that sense for me that I, there's that bit in the Bible, which talks about God storing our tears in a bottle and being aware of those most vulnerable parts of our life. And so I'm like, okay, this matters to you. But I am still going to recognize, like my kids are home and they've got Chromebooks where they're doing online school, which takes them appro- approximately 35 minutes to do a day. A day. Yeah, but I'm, yeah. I'm also keenly You're aware. Like, what are the teachers doing I'm all like, day? I'm on now. No, no, no. They're doing a lot. They're doing I'm like, a lot. And I'm feeling for these teachers who are sending out emails. And I'm like, God bless you. I Your know. spring break was a joke. And yeah, that, right, and right. God bless you for this. You are not paid enough. You never were. Yep. And now... I'm advocating. But at the same time, I'm keenly aware that that's in our part of the city. That's in our district. And that even in the place where I grew up, that would not have been 
a viable option. So it's these. So some of the lament is, oh my gosh, it's terrible, and this is terrible for everybody in so many yeah. agonizing ways. And so I think yeah. one of the things in terms of launching the book has been feel your feelings and accept your realities, and um, but also I think like you, explore the thing of what does it look like to to launch things anything whether it's job because you and I know in in the sphere in which we're in the books correlate often with events uh-huh, and so uh-huh. so those are gone and it's like okay what does it look like to embrace this change and operate in a, in the light of a world that no longer exists so you're navigating a new way and navigating new ways of doing things and new ways of feeling and and I think to be honest, all of us have had crisis points where we've had to do something differently. And so I've mm. I've drawn courage from that. That there are times in our lives when you have to do something differently. And I've kind of looked back at the people I've respected who've had to do things differently. And um, and there are and parts of the Bible that I've really drawn. And there were two things that stood out to me. One was in Jim Collins' book, you know, Good to Great, um, the one that was on every church yeah. shelf for many years. And mm-hmm. he talks about um, the Stockdale paradox and this guy, James Stockdale, who was a prisoner of war. And he was um, in Vietnam and he talks about how he had this paradoxical view. One, a brutal, honest look at the circumstances and then hope that something good could come from this. And um, James Stockdale's perspective was, he said it was the optimist who died first um, he goes, because mm. they died of a broken heart. They'd be like, we're here till Christmas. We're here till Thanksgiving. We'll be home by Easter. And it was that yeah. kind of, yeah, you're going to get through this without any reality. Whereas he was like, this right. is terrible. This is devastating. And this is hard. But, and I think that helped me kind of say, you know what, this is tough. And this is, this is difficult. This is not yeah. what I planned and what my team and I, this is not the things I prayed into. This is not the world I prepared for. However, now, what does it look like to see what else could happen? And we'll, we'll go where the grace is and we'll go where the opportunity is. And, and you were beginning to think in different ways anyway. So yeah, it's far faster than I thought. Yeah, <laughs> it's, right. not, it's not quite on the time scale that I was planning, but we're here. And for as long as we're here, then there's something to work with. And I, I gleam, glean so much hope from what you're saying because in the same way that I've gotten a lot of hope from people giving me permission mm-hmm. of no one's ever done this before. Yeah. So so be mm-hmm. gracious with your feelings, be gracious yes. with your decisions, be gracious with your people because no, there is no, you know, 1397 is the last time there was a plague like this, I mean, you know? And so there's, we don't know what to do, but at the same time, I, I hear so much hope in you saying like, no, everyone has done something in a situation that you didn't know how to do. Absolutely. I mean, the breakup that you thought was going to end in marriage. You know, I mean, you had plans for the per- that person and that relationship yeah. and that. And you, and you had conversations even and your families had gotten ease with one another and then it's over. Or the, the career plan that you hoped to have and then you didn't get the grade. Or the house yeah. you'd hoped to buy and you imagined that your family or the family you thought you'd have and then the doctor diagnoses you and says, look, actually, biological children may not be in your future. All of us have had to, you know, the job promotion, all of these things. And yeah, they're small things, but they're still genuine losses, which rearrange yeah. our landscape, you know? And what have you found to be true about, I mean, how do you reconcile the prayers you and your team and your publisher all prayed and believed about the timing of when this is all supposed to happen and what's actually happening? I think I've reconciled it, but probably because life happens to us all. 
You know, life mm. happens to us all. Yeah. And I don't, and I'm loved as much as anybody else. And so therefore, why do I get a, hey, Joe, you're one of my favorites. So uh, I'm going to make this especially easy for you. <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> all right. kind of thing. I think there's part of that. And there is a sense of, it's not over yet. And it may, and, yeah. and I, I think we have a God of the long view. It's, it's still here. It's in a position where, and, and there are certain things within the book where I'm like, huh, so maybe I wouldn't have talked about that chapter as much, but oh, now this one is actually really relevant. There are certain things about it where I'm like, wow, I'm really thankful I told that story or wow, I didn't expect that to be relevant yeah. now. And it's like, it may take longer. It may be different, but that's okay. That's okay. It's like, okay, I want to do John 5, 19. It's Jesus talked about doing what he sees the father doing. And I'm like, I yeah. thought I knew what you were doing. I thought you were doing what we were doing. <laughs> I thought you were doing yeah. what we were doing. I thought yeah. we were all in this, but now there's some mystery here and it may cost me in ways that mm. I, I mean, and you know, as, as with many people around the world, professionally, things have cost them financially and, and there's a vulnerability there. It may cost them time and energy and sleepless nights, but I do believe in redemption as well. And, yeah. and, and a redemption doesn't have to look like a comeback. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't have yeah, to look, redemption come, doesn't yeah. look like a comeback. It looks like redemption. And and that's what I'm looking towards and pursuing and and saying, okay, well, let's let's deconstruct there is something I mean, of course, blame the Gen X woman that I am. There is something uh-huh. about me which does find distinct appeal in deconstruction as well. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? Don't yeah, we all? I mean, it's like right. tear this baby apart and let's see what emerges. That's right. That's and, right. You know, and I think partly from just my faith background, my church journey over the years and stuff, have felt as as I looked at the landscape, this wasn't sustainable for all. And so if we can see a world emerge which is more equitable, which acknowledges what people do in a different way, then that's not a terrible thing either. Yeah. I one of my favorite parts of the resurrection story is when Jesus is talking to Mary and she thinks he's the gardener. Mm. And and she says, what have you done with his body? Just tell me where they've taken it. Mm -hmm. Because it's just such a good reminder to me that resurrection doesn't look like life. Like he didn't look like Jesus to her, right? So So when, when God restores and redeems and resurrects, it doesn't mean you're going to get the thing you had before the death. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I love that. How does that play into, uh, because I mean, you know, You've been on the show a couple of times. We love having you here. You preach oh, your guts you. out when you're with us. <laughs> thank you. And, it, it, and that's what it's like to be friends with you. I mean, to be friends with you is to be friends with someone who can always bring the right word at the right time. But you've all, but this is also a death yeah. season. It definitely is. It's, it's, a, right? it's a death to dreams. It's a death, like you say, to expectations. It's a death to resources and all of that. And I, but I, you know, the thing I have seen, and I think again, to many of your listeners, and I know for your story, death is, death is not the end. It precedes new yeah. life. And, yeah. and so I, I think there are some, so there's been a stripping away. What I've been pleased to see in, as I've been wrestling with this and, and there have been tears and there has been kind of frustration and yeah. that. And in the wrestling, it's like, okay, let me come back to basics again. Let me come back to b- the basics of my faith and the basics of this moment with God. And, and I kind of, I've been hanging out. I know you've been hanging out in Matthew for a while and I've been hanging out in yeah. 
Matthew, and I, I was struck by two. I was struck, struck by Matthew chapter fourteen, and and just this kind of whiplash of a journey it is. It begins with it begins with Jesus learning that John the Baptist has been murdered, his cousin, and him pulling away, and mm-hmm. then people wanting to spend time with him, and the demands of the crowd pulling him and feeding five thousand people, walking on water. And I was struck by one the demands of just how demanding it is, and how much capacity you need in these demands. And it's like in these demanding moments that we face, there is a time to dig deep. And to draw on our deepest resources, draw on the faithfulness of God, even when we've not not known it or felt it or not understood it and haven't been able to articulate it and draw on the Mm -hmm. good people in your life. I I was struck by looking at it. I was was reminded of the part where he feeds the 5,000 families and the disciples are like, send them home, send them to villages because that'll help them out. And it was sensible. The sensible thing was to send these thousands of people home. And Jesus is like, no, you feed them. And he's like, we ain't got nothing to give them though. (laughs) We, we've got right, we, we've right. got a bit, and he's like, no, but that, that's enough. And and I and it made me think actually in these in these moments, these vulnerable feelings that we have, these vulnerable offerings can go a long way. You know, whether yes. it's the phone call yes. to a neighbor, whether it's the text message to somebody you've not checked in on for a while to say, hey, you okay? Can I drop something off? Is there anything I can do for you at this time? And I thought actually that's right. important right now. That's important right now. How can I right. serve my neighborhood? How can I serve my street, my kids, my kids' friends, their families at this time? How that's that's primary in this moment. And then I then the other one that struck me at the end of it is when Jesus and Peter are having that conversation in the storm. Uh-huh. And um, and Jesus, and it's and John's account is like they've been rowing for three or four miles in this storm. So they are they are at the end of themselves, just yeah. completely spent. And Jesus comes in the middle of the night and Peter's like, if this is you, tell me to come, which I think is a real ridiculous thing in the first place. I'm like, what? right, 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 right. What is this? Peter? That's not going to be what I would have said to Jesus. Yeah. I would have screamed and just been like, that's all you need to hear my screaming. Yes. And one, I'm, I'm touched by Jesus meeting them in the storm of their life and thinking there is, a, there is a moment, even in this tumult that we're all experiencing. Like in your case, I remember the text before was just, there had been a tornado. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, yeah and we haven't even had time to process that before something else is happening. Um, right. right. You know what I mean? It's just like the storms are just whipping everybody. The storms of our lives, of our emotions, our relationships and Jesus being in the storm. And I thought, okay, I can, I can take note of this. You're here in the storm. And then Peter getting out of the boat and not walking on, on his bravery, but walking on the word that Jesus gave him. And it's a ridiculous word telling him. Mm. to come. So I'm like, Oh, yeah. okay. I'm going to work on the, I'm going to walk on the word right now. And what's the word to my life in this moment? And I'll do that. And my word right now is to serve whoever needs being served. That's it. That's it. He'll take yeah. care of the rest. And that's, I mean, that is living up to the title, ready to rise of going like, I'm going to rise right where I yeah. am. I mean, that's what it says. Gather your community, step into your influence, own your voice. I'm like, Joe, you had no idea that the actual invitation was going to be for the people that you can see out your front door. Absolutely. It's like, are you going to live? Are you going to write the book? Are you going to live the book? You know, it's, it's that, it's that thing, isn't it? And it's like, I I mean, I don't know if this is your story, although I suspect it might be that those titles that you come up with suddenly come back at you. Oh, yeah. And it's, there's a moment, okay, I can't change these circumstances and this is not how I planned, but is God still faithful? Is there Mm -hmm. still something people need to hear in this moment? And when I was first thinking of this book, it was a kind of joyful, like, yay, let's get ready to rise. Let's go. Woo, woo, woo. Kind of my ambitions to be a cheerleader still coming out in the weird ways. And now, and now it's more like, okay, people, this is tough. This is really hard and it's painful and it's costly, but it's time to get ready to rise. 
It's time yeah. to get ready to rise on behalf of the vulnerable in your community. It's time to get ready to rise on the lonely neighbor. It's time to get ready to rise. And you have nothing left. You have nothing mm-hmm. left, but he will get you. And But we need your voices in this moment because who else is going to be the hope bringer? Who else is going to be the right. helper that um, right. Mr. Rogers used to talk about? Who else is going to be that person? And, mm-hmm. and your help might, you may feel you've got nothing to give, but actually if you're giving, if your generosity feels like five loaves and two fish because you've dropped off some food for somebody who needs it, 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 it goes a long way. It still goes a long mm-hmm. way. It's still a powerful mm-hmm. thing. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's weird because in some ways the title has come back round to me in a different way now. Yeah. And, and um, good way. In a good way. Yeah. 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 I mean, in a very, when all this passes away, will I still be that woman kind of way? Yeah. When, when everything is stripped. And, and I think it's, I, whilst none of us invite these kinds of challenges, I think these times where we don't get what we hoped for and we don't get life the way we intended are very revealing of who we are. Mm. They're very relieved, very yeah. revealing of the idols that we hold that we called ideals. Yeah. They're very revealing of the good stuff and the strength in our character as well. They're very illuminating mm. about what really matters to you. Um, yeah. and, and, and who really matters to you? Who really matters Who's, to you? Who are you making time to FaceTime and who are you, you yeah. know? Oh my gosh. Not yeah. just that sit in the group of dinner that you're used to the six people yeah. that always eat together. Totally. Yeah. And what... Um, yeah, so no, that's what, that, I think that's what it, it's just been one of these moments. And I think it is one of these time standing still moments for us as people, as human beings, as men and women, as those of us who would call ourselves Christians. It's a time standing still moment where we're like, OK, so who are we now and what will we do with? Yeah, people? yeah. Um, for for the audience sake, I, because this story seems to change you know, at such a fast clip. Yeah. I do want to tell, we're recording this the week before Holy Week. This is coming out right after Easter. Mm -hmm. But Joe, from what you're seeing so far, can you give us, we've had a couple of friends on, like Ellie Holcomb, Charles Martin, who are kind of giving us the like Christian's pastor eye view Mm -hmm. of what's going on in the world around us. Can you give us the prophet eye view? Can you kind of... (laughs) looking down on the globe, what are, what are you experiencing in your quiet times? What are you hearing God say? Like, what do you know about what's going on on the planet right now and what we need from it? Um, what I'm, Sorry, that's such a big yeah. question, but I feel like you always have those answers. <laughs> oh, you're amazing. You're so kind. What I'm aware of, the maps that we used to use won't work anymore. Yeah. The GPS won't matter anymore. These are like, it's the maps don't work. And the landscape is completely different now. Yeah. And we have a chance. We have a, we have a choice and a chance in this moment. Will we be in our, It's understandable to grieve, like we said before, completely legit to grieve, absolutely necessary yep. to grieve the losses. Because it's not like everything we've lost is terrible. Some things were beautiful and wonderful and good. But mm-hmm. for us as, as we in this moment, what, will we be nostalgic or will we be prophetic in this moment? Will we, mm. will we look back on what was comfortable and easy? We can't meet as church in the way that we used to. We can't meet as friends in the way that we used to. And we don't know how long for and how long. The, but what will, what will we be when this is over? I was reflecting like when this is all over, who do we want to be? Who will we choose to be when this yeah. is all over? If they, and and if, this, if, if there gets to a point where, where it's like you're free to open the door, 
Will we remember the fault lines of inequality that have been revealed by this time? Mm. I mean, will we remember that? What, tell me more about that. What what kind of inequality are you saying? I think in terms of the like, I, like I was saying with my kids in school, I was thinking, you know what? Yeah. We are blessed in our district. We are blessed, and I'm so grateful for such thoughtful, kind, gracious people. But not every teacher has those resources. And there are That's teachers right. around the country awesome. who would love to give their kids all these things, who are going beyond the call of duty, beyond the call of their capacity to, to serve. Will we, will we advocate for their resourcing in some way? Mm. When, yeah. when we think about the, the food that we're getting and we go and get fresh fruit, will we think of those who have picked it while we've been locked in our homes? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Or will we later on say these are the people stealing our jobs? You know, yeah. it's like right. we're... Wow. You know what when when this is over will we care uh, you know you know it's so good to get outside right now will we care about the planet when we get out again? <laughs> Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? will, we, will we love I'm not yeah. telling you to hug a tree but maybe pat it on the back or something it's, it's been a while. Right. <laughs> right. And I mean just the difference you're seeing and mm-hmm. did you see that picture someone put out a picture today of uh, uh, the skyline of LA in December yeah. and the yeah. skyline of LA yeah. today yeah. and how you can see all the buildings. Yeah. Like are we going to care about yeah. this? still and appreciate this and make changes or how much of us will jump back into, okay, now that we can go, let's go. I mean, I think about that in our personal lives too. Like I haven't had an evening activity in 18 days, (laughs) right? Like I've been in my bed in the tens for 18 days. What will I go back to after this? Cause some of this has been really life-giving yeah it's been it's a weird feeling isn't it the conflicting kind of like this is terrible and yet I'm seeing some things in me and around my life that I've forgotten I missed yes yes and we just we don't we didn't know I didn't know how much slow how much I thrived in slowness yeah Mm -hmm. and I'm and I'm seeing that when the world releases us when the government releases us to go back to being I don't think we'll actually go back I think this is a new normal like yeah. after 9-11 I agree but when we go to the new normal where we are allowed to leave our houses our homes what who will I be yeah will we rush again I I noticed myself in the first couple of days of the stay-at-home orders and stuff rushing and I'm like where am I rushing to I ain't going nowhere yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. what's the hurry right. Joe? you're not going that's right not, you're not going anywhere and I thought yeah. the hurry is within me the hurry mm. the, the drivenness is within me Joe. in this moment for all kinds of reasons all kinds the drivenness is within me and this is an opportunity to stop will I embrace that and this is an enforced opportunity to stop and to care about something different and to not miss the world that's happening before my very eyes, the neighborhood that's happening before my very eyes, because I'm too busy doing what I feel that should be done. Do I want to? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Annie, when when it's over, do we want to go back? Well, today I do, but I don't think I do. There no. has to be my yeah. fear, Joe, is that I'm going to find a new normal where I go. Okay, I was home seven nights a week. Mm-hmm. My life was this quiet and simple. I'd like half of that. Yeah. And so I start by going, okay, three nights a week. I'm four nights a week. I stay home and have a slower life. And then I go, oh, but da, 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 and all of a sudden yeah. I'm back to, I'm back to it. It's surreal, that's my fear. That's the unnerving part of it. It's because it's so easy. And and at the time, certain things were necessary. So it's it's almost like what's the new normal and what's the new necessary in the yeah. future. And I'm not yeah. sure what that is. I think I think, but I do think we as 
family units. And when I say family unit, I'm from a family which was not kind of 2.4 kids and nuclear. It's uh-huh, extended. Uh-huh. Not even all our people are blood relatives in our family. But so, so when I say family, when we look at our family units, our community units, what, what, what are we going to choose? And I think there'll be just questions for us to ask about ourselves. Uh-huh. I think there'll be that. I, I hope that it will invite us to reflect on that. Now, for some of us, there are other things. That, there are job losses, and there are there is a loss of loved ones. And I mean, the landscape is decimated, and so the right. grief journey won't will will go on long after we finally get to go outdoors right. on a regular basis. Right. Will and, but for those of us for, for whom that's not part of our story, will we have run off and left them behind? Or will we be, right. do you know what I mean? We'll be like, yeah, back. Right, right. Will the disparaging difference between the rich and the poor be exaggerated because yeah. of this? Mm-hmm. Or will we will we turn turn inward and to each other instead? Yeah. Yeah. What can we be doing right now, Joe? What does the spiritual disciplines look like right now that get us better prepared for who we want to be on the other side of this? I mean, my hope is, I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about this and I, I'm thinking there is an invitation for us to practice prayer in a particular way. But I think there's even a posture Ooh. in that. In, t- in terms of, will we walk out with a greater dependency on, on God? And a greater, yeah. and, and when I say that, I don't just mean like, are you praying more? I mean, is there a raw honesty about your, in, in your relationship with God? It's almost a quality thing rather than a amount thing. Uh, like, yeah. are you... Uh, can you, will, will we come out of this saying, I, I've talked out everything, everything, every sorrow, every grief, every anger, every hope, every dream. I talked it out. I, I've actually I've wrestled with God on this. Mm-hmm. That would be my hope for us. My hope for us is that there'd be in some, I, and I know we're doing the social distancing spatially and physically, but that in terms of a practice as a discipline, is there somebody in our life we are doing life with, talking this out with? Mm. Have we mm-hmm. found a place to process pain and disappointment? Yeah. Um, before, wow. Have yeah. we found a person? And, and for some of us, that actually may need to be a professional. That may need to be yeah. a therapist, a psychologist, someone. For some of us, it may be the, the smaller disappointments and, and, or, the, or the daily things that we're processing with friends and loved ones. But is that going to be part of our, our spiritual practice? Because I think life, I think relationships are spiritual. I think life is spiritual. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wonder that. And I... And I do, I, I think that's something that we can be thinking of now and, and practicing now because we need it now. We need, yeah. it, we need people now. We need, we, we need the kinds of conversations where we know that we're known and see somebody else fully as well. So talk to me about the changing in prayer and what prayer looks like mm-hmm. right now when we're, because one of the goals for me in this, what we're, you know, we're being told April 30th, as of right now, the beginning yeah. of April, we're being told April 30th is how long we'll most likely be in this. And yesterday I thought to myself, I wonder, I wonder what it would take for me to be better at better, a better prayer at mm-hmm. the end of this. Yeah. And what would, what would you say is the new practice of prayer and the new ways that we can grow in our prayer life? I mean, in some ways, on some of this stuff, it's probably quite old school, really, and not new at all. But I think there are, I think when we have, I think it's worth us looking at our days and what does it look like to build a rhythm of prayer individually, but also community wise. 
Oh, interesting. Uh, that that for those of us who maybe adhere to the prayer and we lean really heavily into the community, what does it look like to do it on our own? For those of us who lean on our own, what does it look like to do community and to build that muscle? And and I would encourage us to to, to see these things as habits, as training, but rather than yeah. things that we achieve in this time, because training we know is rubbish. Do you know what I mean? You're terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, yes. You, it, it's we, we're thinking you're training for a marathon in all of this stuff. You're not, and and that means it doesn't look good. It's not glamorous, but it actually, you're building muscle, you're building discipline. And so I would encourage us to, and it may take a while because we're, because every part of our life is a new normal. Working out the the time for you is going to be, it may take a while. It may take a couple of weeks even to work out the best time to pray, but experiment anyway. And then think, what do you want to say to God? What would you say to God if you didn't feel obliged to say the nice things? Oh, Joe. What would you say? Say that. Because it's not like he doesn't know. But what are the questions you have for God? What what does real honesty look like in the presence of God? I think that's that's worth considering. And that's worth, where do you just want to say, God, I'm so tired of this and I'm so lonely and I'm hurting and I'm vulnerable and I'm I'm just really disappointed right now. I'm disappointed in you right now. Yeah. You know, because that, because I think, you know, like we have those friendships, those relationships are forged because we've been through stuff with them. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for in our relationship with the Lord. That's what I'm hoping for in this time, that there's something that grows with me and God because we've been through this together. Ah, um, oh, that makes so much. It's almost like a ba- in a battle together. Yeah. Where y'all beside each other in this battle. You're yeah. beside each other and you've looked each other in the eye and you're like, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. be here and I'm really sad yeah. about this or I'm really yeah. thankful for this and I'm grateful to you for this and I'm humbled by by yeah. these things. I think that would be good. But I think in our, in our prayer life together with others, and, I, and again, that's going to look different for all of us, what that looks mm-hmm. like in our family units. Like we, I, I, I have two teenage girls. And one husband. I cannot believe they're both teenagers. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. Wow, isn't it? ridiculous. Yes. And um, they, we sat down and we we kind of do a family devo, and they just cried. That was the mm. prayer time because they're like, "I miss yeah. my friends. I miss my friend. That's all I've got. I miss my friends." Uh, but we had to hold that space, hold their grief, and hold it before the Lord and say, "God, this is not what they hoped for. Yeah, this is not the. This was not the dream." They're both athletes and they're both watching all their tournaments cancelled and all their travel and all that kind of stuff. And they're, and they're just sad. They're just really yeah. sad. And it's yeah. like, can, can, can I, and I don't need you to say, but I believe in Jesus in the end. I don't, he doesn't need that from you. Just come yeah. with, come as you are. Yeah. Come as you are. Yeah. And that's, that's what our, our neat and tidy family prayer time looked like on Sunday. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. How do you, have the girls, have y'all done that for their whole lives? I mean, I would imagine or is that just something you started because we were in quarantine? You know what? I, I, I realized there are a few habits we started a few months ago that I didn't realize were so good for quarantine. You know, so normally yeah. we used to just pray with them at bedtime and that would be our main devotional time. But then they are like, you don't have to, we don't want you to tuck us into bed, thanks, bye. So right. <laughs> we got kicked out. And so yep. it was probably about six months ago when I'm like, we need a good rhythm. We just need a rhythm. Like we, we kind of talk and pray and chat, but we need a rhythm where we sit down, we open the Bible together specifically and and it was as the kids start as their sport kicked in and it just got more and more active and and I was traveling I'm like but this is our time this is the time when your friends are welcome any other time but this is our time and so now that rhythm's in place so it's just what we do there's a specific place in the house we sit together in and that's where I mean we sit there at other times but we know if we're going to do a family diva we all head to that space and say Mm. this is where we sit 
our dog joins us, he's particularly unhelpful during that time. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. He's very I would imagine that's not his in, finest hour. No, it's really his ugliest hour as an animal. Like, <laughs> it's just really unfortunate. <laughs> he just is weird <laughs> in that moment. But, uh, but it's become our space where we talk to God, we listen to God, we read and laugh and weep. And it's not even long, but it's been one of these rhythms and these check-ins that we do and as the quarantine thing came it's like okay we know where to go let's head let's head to those yeah, spaces that's yeah. really interesting i know Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation to tell you about our friends over at brooklinen y'all i am so loving my brooklinen sheets Bringing comfort into your home is the ultimate form of self-care. And now more than ever, it's important to take care of yourself and each other. Home of the internet's favorite sheets, Brooklyn Inn's gotten over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. And starting April 29th, which is next week, Brooklyn Inn is having their biggest sale yet, their birthday sale. And you can get everything from bedding to towels to loungewear and more at savings you would not believe. Y'all know I changed my duvet cover and my sheets and my pillowcases to my Brooklyn and ones. And I have already washed them and put them back on, which I do not do. I usually rotate, but they are so comfortable. Oh my gracious. I love them so much. I cannot tell y'all how soft those sheets are. (laughs) It is distractingly attractive down the hallway from where I'm working. It is one of my very, very favorite. They are the best sheets I've ever owned. If you like softness and comfort, essentials to help you relax, Brooklinen has it all. Brooklinen.com is the perfect place to find all the comforts for home. And they're so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The birthday sale kicks off April 29th, and you don't want to miss it, you guys. Get their biggest savings of the year on sheets, bedding, towels, loungewear, and their newest to mom and linen collections. I'm about that loungewear. I can't wait to go read up on that and order me some. And if you can't wait, you can get 10% off your first order and free shipping right now when you use the promo code SOUNDSFUN only at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Brooklyn and everything you need to live your most comfortable life. And now back to the show with Joe. So some mama is listening and they just celebrated Easter and all sat together for church, but maybe it's the first time they've all sat together for church in all of this because it was Easter. Yeah, totally. What do you keep doing for your family or a dad listening, either one Mm. or grandmother, whoever is raising some people? Yeah. How do you how do you keep a little bit of a rhythm going and why does it matter? I mean, it seems like my family didn't do that growing up. So mm. I've never been in a family that did devotionals as yeah. a family. Yeah, me neither. And I think it was more I've realized that rhythms and our habits or whatever we practices, disciplines in, in life tend to be the things that we live by. I I, uh, I you know there was that book, James Clear's Atomic Habits, which was a bestseller. And he he said, you know, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. And, oh, um, wow. I know, wow, right? Wow, and I'm wow, just wow. like, and I read it and I'm like, Jesus, did you have to come with me as I was reading this book though? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, right. I feel a little bit got at because, you know, right. I feel a little bit touched by this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, and, and I and I look and I think, what are the things I, what, when I look at my life and what I come back to in time, 
their their habits that were formed ages ago and they weren't again they weren't things I was good at they were just ones that I did <laughs> um, yeah yeah and, and so yeah. I would I would say to our like keep it simple keep it short keep it regular yeah keep it simple keep it short keep it regular okay uh, and um and you know I have my notions of like me and the children having these five-hour devotions every day that's never going to happen because yeah. my kids are like seriously what are you what, what are you trying to do to me but um yeah. but these rhythms where we check in they they're used to the language of the checking in so there are some like you know like sometimes even at the table it's like, what are your highs what are your lows now that's very intentional on my part because I'm like what are we thankful for where are we really at so even yeah. when we just go highs and lows, what, I mean, basically, what's the mountain top in your life and what's the valley? It's all you know, it's it's all word, but it's just yep. finding the language and finding finding the language that we can do with our friends, that we can do with our colleagues, we can do with our employees. What's the high? What's yeah. the low? That is just a regular check in. But once it's got a common language, people can share it together as well. Yeah, I, the some of my friends, the Hodges, Kate and David, they do wows and pals. Yeah, every night yeah. at dinner. And when you eat with them, you just do it with them. It's just like it's you're, not you're in. Yeah, because yeah, I'm not one of their daughters. But mm-hmm. I, when I sit at the table with them, they're like, "Okay, Annie, what are your wows yeah. and your pals from today?" And everyone cares. Yeah, they all like listen. All even the kids listen. They like yeah. care, even though I'm not there every night. It's funny, isn't it? The, the patterns that you can bring in and you can develop, but they are they strengthen us, and I think those habits build us through um, build us for the good times and the bad times. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And it just seems that, especially if you're starting a new faith journey with your family, or if it's you and your roommates, or if it's you by yourself, there's, you know, there's She Reads Truth, there's He Reads Truth, there's all these resources. They'll give you just that keeping it simple and short and regular that are, that is such a, something Pastor Kevin always says Mm -hmm. is when you're trying to have a quiet time, have a place and a plan. Yeah. If you'll have a place you always go and a plan you always do, you'll go. Yeah, there's something and, in it. There's something in it. It's worth it. Yeah. Where do you read in your house? Where do you spend time with the Lord? Um, mine's in my office. I have a red chair that my husband got me on my 40th birthday. And that's my, uh-huh. th- I ha- um, and I have a friend who, I have a prayer call that I do with a friend early. We're, we're both early morning people. And we, again, we've done that. Y'all call every morning? We do three mornings a week. We do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, except when I'm wow. traveling. And we started it about six, seven years ago when there was a different crisis. And yeah. uh, and uh, we just never found a reason to stop. Right. And it's, again, it's half an hour. We And we, we a lot of that time is just talking about where we're at and what's happening in our families. We've used it. We've prayed for all kinds of things in that time. But But I go to the chair. I go to that chair and I sit there and that's my reading spot. That's yeah. and, and the other places, sometimes when I'm out, if I'm walking, there are particular routes that I might walk and things like that as well. But they yeah, I just think the fuel, they're, they're my engine room, you know? Yes, that's it. My sword, I have a khaki colored chair with black swirls on it. And it, I bought it in, oh, I don't know, Joe. I probably bought it in 2005, maybe. Nice. And the pattern is so old. I mean, you just look <laughs> at the pattern, you're like, no one would buy that pattern. But I have so many moments connected to that chair. Yeah. yeah. And I can recover it. Of course I can. And I can use my money that way when I want to, but I know my swirly chair and I've met God. He has met me is the real truth in that swirly chair for a lot of years. Yeah. And there's just something that in moments like this, when 
when the world has turned upside down, mm-hmm. my swirly chair is an anchor that God yeah. has always been the same. Totally. And I, I and it, it may be that for some of us right now, that our big next step is to find our swirly chair. Do you know what I mean? To find yeah. our walk, to find our pathway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's an incredible part of your journey. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having that, um, that's what people, after I got quarantined a little bit earlier than everybody Ooh, else. Yes. When mine was ending, when most people's was starting. Oh my gosh. And luckily I got to just keep going, Joe. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I got to just keep going. Oh my goodness. But what people said, what'd you learn? And I was like, y'all, I have been out for four minutes. But <laughs> the thing that did come very true to me very quickly was that Jesus has always been Jesus. Yeah. And the Bible has always been the Bible. Yeah. Like, Oh, I like read Luke two one day and just fell to tears Mm. because I was like, I read that at Christmas and it was as true at Christmas as it is right now. It's the world is just different today than it was at Christmas. My gosh. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. The things that again, anchor the anchor anchors. Yeah, that's right. Have you experienced that with your husband too? Like being trapped with family is so different than being trapped alone. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, we are very different personalities that our family members are. And I think yeah. there has been those, like we've almost gone tag on the crisis. So who's feeling it today? <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, who do you need that to, makes so who, much who sense. Who do you tag in, tag out? Who's got the capacity today? Who hasn't? And, and we've said, you know, what are the, what are their habits you and I need to revisit? Like we take a walk in the day and stuff. And is that, you know, what do we need to thrash out, pray out, cry out, talk out? That's just even when really it's snowing, time. Joe, y'all take walks even when it's snowing. I do because of the dog. They are so hardcore. Yes, it's brutal. They, I mean, there, there was, there was a time when it was like minus sixty and stuff where I'm like, yeah, no. But um, uh-huh. but other times, yeah, and it, and it's been a really mild winter this year. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Looking for blessings in the middle of this. That's right. No That's right. So That's right. I'm grateful. Uh, okay, speaking of working out. And yeah. getting on walks. Can we talk about your love for your Peloton? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it so much, Eddie. You love, it, love so it so much. much. This show is not brought to you by Peloton yet. No, but, but I'm telling Joe, you, Joe, you're making me think it's a great idea. You seem to, you seem to thrive on the. And this is what I learned from Insta Story, so you yeah. can totally correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. But you seem to like totally thrive as that being a part of your exercise routine. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really do. And I'm, I'm, again, this is one of those things that I'm really grateful for now. And we got it about a year or so ago. And, I'm, and we've been talking about it on and off just because the winters here are so brutal. You don't always want to drive outside. And even right, drive right. You don't gym. even want to drive to the gym necessarily. You don't even drive yeah. To the gym. And so I'm like, and I, uh, the irony is I can't really, I'm not even very good on riding a bike, an actual bike, but I thought I need something intense. I need something intense because I know myself where I yeah. can just, it's good for my emotional health and mental health just to have something which kind of puts it all out there. And for yep. a while, I've got to be honest, for a while when I got, when I bought it, I was like, this is really hard and it's going to become a really good clothing horse. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I just kind of covered it. And then I, at the, again, at the start of the year, before we knew that 2020 was 2020, uh, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I just thought it's time to get back into it. And it has just been this life-giving way of, I mean, some of it's just the fun and the silliness of it, of listening to music that I haven't listened to yet for years. Some of it is just the working up the sweat and just processing the pain and the frustration or the excitement of the day. Some of it, I mean, the weird thing is you've got the headphones and no one else can, you, they can just hear the, they can't hear the music. They just hear me like, yes. Right. And my kids are right. like, mom, why have you just woken me up with your yes? Yeah. 
Um, but it's it's been a lifeline in, in other times as well. And I think now with various restrictions that we've been going through in the quarantine season, as it were, it's just been a real gift to to do. And and I, yeah, I just I just love it. I mean, I you know I'm not anticipating like there is going to be no before and after on my body, Annie. Do you know what I mean? There is not. That's be, right. Do you know what I mean? I, that's not what I'm here for because I like yep. my food. So yes. <laughs> so that I'm not anticipating that, but it's it's just been very good for me. I mean, talk a little bit about that, Joe, because I think we don't talk a lot about bodies and food and all that mm-hmm. stuff here just because it's very hard to have a nuanced, healthy conversation exactly. for so many different bodies. It's, so, it's but, so true. But what we do know is that movement is really good for us. Yes. And it's movement is good for our minds and our well-being. Yes. yes. Will you talk a little bit about that? How has your spiritual life been impacted and how has your mental life been impacted yeah. by... Because we don't have to talk about changing pant sizes or how you're no. eating different or da da da. No. But I'm, I mean, when the only thing I was allowed to do for two weeks was walk outside for an hour a day, I walked outside for an hour a day. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> you know, so and it and it does. How does it affect your mental and spiritual yeah. life? Totally. Well, it, I think it hit home. The the first time it began to hit home for me was when I had my second daughter and um and I had postpartum depression in that time and, mm. and the doctor said to me he goes Joe um he goes I'm, I'm, I can prescribe stuff for you but honestly there are three things you need he goes take the prescription exercise see a therapist that's that's wow. your whole prescription your heart right. he goes I he goes I never want to give you antidepressants on its own I want you to have huh. it in conjunction and and um other doctors have said similar things he goes I, I want it in conjunction with her exercise and stuff he goes it's just going to be good for you he goes trust me it's going to be good for you and, I, and so I've come to see it as part of my mental well-being more, really. And ah, okay. just as a way of refreshing my mind. And, and, then, and at first it wasn't even about like, I, I wasn't necessarily praying during it. And, I, and that, that time I was running, and, which is another thing I love, I love to do. And it was, okay. it's not so much about whether, I didn't like running at school or anything. It, I literally took up running after I had my kid. And, but I think what it was, was just the, it was a way of, praying and talking and giving the emotions to God and listening to podcasts and all there's something yeah. physicality about it like in the same way you talk about there's a place in terms of prayer and stuff I think as, yeah and I'm, I'm sure some of it was getting used to my ever-changing body you know sure. and everything right. going south and my right. <laughs> and some of it was that and it, and again over the years in times of crisis when I've needed to think something out or when a, there's been a conversation I need to have and I don't know if there's too much of me in it do you know what I mean there's too much emotion I often go for a run I often go and say let's just mm. get out the intensity in yes. this physical way and then see what you feel and there have been conversations that have not happened because of that run there have been there's been revelation that's come and a clarity because the fog has cleared in my mind and and there has been a reckoning with my own body and saying you know what joe you're 46 so yeah. i don't know we need to be thinking about us we I'm, i mean i want to be well and i want to be healthy but i don't know that right. I'm, <laughs> i don't know that i'm ever going to be skinny again do you know what i mean i think that was that sure. was a previous era and can am i good with that can i love my body as it is yeah, can i that's is, brilliant. Is, is it enough and there have been. Can days, we be kind to our body how it is today? Can can you and not you and not say I promise I'll be kind to you when you're different? Do you know what I mean will you buy yourself new clothes when you've lost mm. them, or will you buy yourself mm-hmm. stuff now because you need it? Will you right all of those things? And so there has been this ongoing journey of embracing. I think I've had to embrace, learn how to embrace my body at different phases of my life, and but also I've realized that as I've worked out, it's helped me embrace my mind as well. 
Yes. And I just, yeah. I love going on walks. And when I get back, I always have words. Yeah. Either there's mm-hmm. someone I need to talk to. Yeah. And this happens a lot when I go hike at Radnor Lake here in Nashville, where I'll go and I'll listen to a sermon podcast. Or if I need something more loosey goosey, I'll listen to a funny podcast, yeah. like the Popcast or someone like that. That's just yeah. killer <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then I get back to my car and I go, you know what? That's it. I know what I needed to write next yeah. in that book. Or I know what I need to, this decision just came to me. Or this thing I was praying mm-hmm. that I know what God wants me to do next. Like there's something about, and it's also because I can't look at my phone the whole time. Yeah, totally, totally. And there is a, and um, there is a question I love to ask. I threw it in the book, but partly because I'll, I'll throw it almost into any talk now. And I ask yeah. the question: If your body could speak to you, what would it want to say? Oh, that'll make me cry you if know, you think too hard about that. What would it? Would it want? Would it want me to say? You know, there have been times my body has said, "You need sleep. You just need some yeah. sleep." Or could you call yeah. a doctor, please? Or would yes. you just love me as I am? Or would you treat me better? Mm. Uh, and and I think and I and I would say to us in times of pressure and uncertainty, it's a good question because sometimes we we are busy taking care of everybody else, and a number of us in this quarantine season and in as we're working from home have got responsibilities we did not anticipate having, either for our yeah. employees or for our community and or whatever that we may not be looking after ourselves as well as we should. And I don't mean therefore do a five k. I just mean ask your body yeah. what it needs. I'm not yes. saying uh, if your body could speak to you, what would it want to say to you? Because you have one oh, body God. and your life, your, your friendships, your, your leadership lives in that one body. So take care yeah. of it. Man, your leadership lives in this one body. Yeah. Yeah. In this one body. That's, uh, there, someone, I can't, forgive me that I can't remember who, it may be Hillary McBride, but someone I re- recently read had written, your body doesn't know how to lie. Yeah. I know. And, and so then you go like, oh, yeah. if I'm tired, I should just believe myself. Yeah. <laughs> if I am hungry, I should just believe myself. If my legs are aching yeah. because I've been sitting too long, I should just believe myself. And and at some point, men and women, but more women I know, but men too, we stopped believing our bodies yeah. when it, when our body was saying, look what I can do. Look, at I'm beautiful. I'm yeah. strong. And we started saying, well, I don't care what you say. I'm looking over there and that's mm-hmm. telling me what my body's supposed to yeah, say. Yeah, this is what my, or we push, we punish our bodies to keep up. And say, look, I've got yeah. to go. I've got a career to build. I've got a calling to fulfill. Ooh. Get over it. Get over it. Come right. on, keep up. Keep up with what my spiritual goals are. Keep up with what my <laughs> insecurities yeah. are. Keep up with with these things. And we and we tell it to to get in line. And it will for a while. For a while. Yeah. For a while. For a while. Yeah, that's right. For a while. I mean, that's at some point your body will start telling you back the truth yeah. if, if louder than you wanted it to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes rather unceremoniously as well. Do you know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. Because I think one of the things I love about your leadership, Joe, and I do consider you a pastor voice, a leader voice oh. in my life is you, you model for us in your book and ready to rise in your other books and in your Insta stories and in your teaching, like you are a full person and all your areas of life need attention. It doesn't mean you don't get to rest. It doesn't mean you don't get days off in front of Netflix. It just mm. means like you can't ignore your body and expect to be able to do everything God's called you to do for yeah. the next 50 years. Totally. But you also can't ignore your spirit and you can't ignore your emotions and you mm. can't ignore your mind. Like we have to let everyone walk forward together. Yes. Yes, we do. And and I think that that's uh, that's the reality of our leadership. Do you know what I mean? That And 
you know, so many of us are leading in ways which may not have a title. We might even be comfortable calling ourselves a leader, but we have responsibilities. And to do, yes. and, we, and we have responsibilities. Everyone's leading somewhere. Oh, Everybody's leading somewhere. Somewhere or something. And we want to do it the best we can. And, the, yeah. and sometimes I've relegated the best we can to being brave enough or courageous enough or mm. loud enough and having or feeling like that was authority and all that kind of stuff and not and neglected these things which actually determine our capacity way more than we would care wow. to admit. Our emotional right. well-being matters. It does. It matters because you're God's kid. It matters yes. because you're a human being. And so you don't you don't need to push your broken pieces of your story to the side because you have a job. You, what you yeah. need to do is because you have a job, because you care about your life and because you're important, get the help you need to process those things, you know? And how, so I'm hearing a mom who has three little kids. She's at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. She's trying not to touch anything. She's got three little kids. She's trying to keep everybody healthy going like, Joe, I don't, how do I even have time yeah. to work on my leadership or yeah. to step into the things I want to step into and to take care of my body and to have a oh, quiet yeah. time? Like, how do I do this? And you've done it. Totally. And I, and first of all, I would say the time with young kids was the hardest, the hardest. Yeah. And, uh, but I would say there are a number of things that I did. One is one, I had to switch off all the things that told me I needed to do everything all at once. Um, because sometimes uh, I felt the pressure of it. That was one piece that helped me. Another was yeah. village, 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 village. You can't do it all by yourself. Um, yeah. and so one of the key things I did and, and that I'm ve- I did accidentally was to build a couple of key relationships with people, um, mm. and not necessarily in the same phase of life as you, um, yeah. not necessarily with the same marital status as you. My best, my longtime best friend is a single woman, um, and she speaks into my life like everybody else does, um, and yeah. but more so because she knows me better than anybody, almost anybody else does. So I'm not, I, I'm not saying you need to find people just like you. That's not what I'm saying. But you do need a, a, a village of relationships. So because if you need a break, sometimes someone else has got to hold that kid for you. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? If you, you know, that's one of my favorite spots mm-hmm. is the witching, the witching hour. That five o'clock when I leave work, yeah. I love going to my friends' houses with kids and being like, give me an out. Like, I'll do it. Let me yeah. sit here. And the mom's tired and I'm lonely. I've been by myself all day. It's, it's the dream pairing it is and I think one of the things that I remember as a when my kids were particularly young is I I I sometimes held back because I was so tired I thought I don't want to put this on anybody else Uh I don't want to put I don't want to ask for help when I was single I didn't want to ask for help because I didn't want to put me I don't want to be a bit I had all this fear of being a burden to somebody else Uh and because I was afraid of being a burden I didn't ask and I would encourage us rather than listen to the fear of being a burden do the asking yeah. Do the asking. Good. No matter who you are. If you're a leader responsible for 30,000 people, do the asking. Ask for help. You need a yeah. village. You need there's yeah. this um there's a theory um it's, it's, it was coined the great man theory by a guy called Thomas Carlyle who believed that history moments in history were made by key individuals. And on one level, we look through history and we see big figures like a Nelson Mandela or a Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, and we see big figures. But actually, when you look at their stories, you see communities around them. Wow. Movements of people. 
William Wilberforce yeah. didn't do one thing on his own. Like there was communities of people. There's always yeah. been a village of lead of, of helping people ac- accomplish goals. Um, but we have often only reckoned with the one person doing that thing. And and so we we look at it. Yeah, because we see one name. Yeah, we, we see, see one, one name, name win the Grammy or whatever, and yeah. we don't listen to all the people they thank. No, we don't in the awards. We just yeah. want them to be quick. And and actually, there's yeah. a reason why they're thanking those people because they would not have that award, they would not have that accomplishment without those people yes. involved. Yes. And and it's a huge part of the story. And you need people who are a huge part of your story. People who will ground you, who will root you, who will be in your house so you can have a shower. Yeah. You yeah, I mean, who yeah. will who will help you with numbers because you're struggling with your budget right now and you don't know how to do it and you're too embarrassed to ask, but they're really good with it. Yeah, that's that's what it means for. I think we need a, we need a village of people and and villages take time to build. But I want to I want to encourage everybody for um, we weren't designed to live this life alone. Yeah, and in isolation. You're hearing so many people say that right now because of COVID nineteen yeah. of even secular doctors and and psychiatrists going like hey everybody it was it's not supposed to be like this like you're not supposed to be alone whereas i don't know two months ago if anyone would have said that in like a such a knowing way yeah and now they're going like hey science says you aren't supposed to be alone totally and i think people thought it was cute before do you know what i mean it's like oh it's cute yeah you're not meant to be alone but now i mean there's data showing that loneliness um, chronic loneliness affects your physical well-being. Chronic yeah, loneliness yeah. affects your, it can intensify depressive symptoms. It can affect your um, your sleep patterns. It can affect your impulses. I mean, these, these are huge things. So, um, and now, and now we're maybe because we're feeling it and we're, and we're seeing, mm. seeing it at large in the world that this isolation and this distancing is happening. Maybe now we realize yeah. we need people more. And, yeah. and I hope it, invites us to be um to a greater vulnerability with people now yes that's it what i would love to do joe because we're running low on time i would love when we hop over on youtube can we talk about friendships between marrieds and singles oh yes would love to i think it's such an important thing that Mm -hmm. everyone wants to get right and everyone's a little scared that they're going to be the one who screws it up yeah totally so let's yeah we'll we'll do that on youtube when my friends are listening today and they are going to practice their new prayer spot or their new prayer walk or whatever tomorrow. What do you want us to pray for you? I, my prayer, my, what is my prayer in this moment? My prayer is, I I do believe the landscape is changing. I want to see what the father's doing. I think that is ultimately the thing. And and I do, yeah, I do believe in the message of the book and all that kind of stuff. And I do believe, but I feel it's going to get into people's hands in a different way now. I just, yeah. And, and I, I, and I believe that the things that maybe that I'd written off as important are more important. The things that I hoped would, would be bigger wouldn't be, but I think my prayer is Lord, it's over to you. It's over to yeah. you yeah. and show, show us. And, and I don't just pray it for me. Actually, I pray it for us as people who are speakers and all these other things and communicators that we would, we would navigate the landscape in, in courageous and daring ways. Yes. Okay. That's yes. And we will ask the Lord to put the right book in the right hands yeah. on the right iPad. I mean, thank God our technology allows for books to be read without you leaving your house. Totally. Totally. It's, it's it is a it is a surprising gift how ebooks are are so, you know, for Holy Week, I had a bunch of my friends with me read Charles Martin's book What If It's True and it's like, well, yeah, you can go to your bookstore or download it. 
(laughs) you know, get it on Amazon or download it. So we'll just believe that God's going to put your book in all every right hand. And, you know, the people who are ready to rise are going to read it. Yeah. And, you know, there's a timing thing, isn't there, in terms of what it takes to get ready. And so when, and, and, and in God's economy and God's grace and his time, for some people that readiness will be September. (laughs) that's right (laughs) you know what I mean that's right and for some people I mean how many times have people bought your books and put them on a shelf and said I didn't pick this up until today but I bought it a year ago exactly exactly and so that's why I tell people all the time buy books for your young adults in your life for the men and women in your life and put it on their shelves and trust that God will show highlight it on the right moment the right time on the right time okay is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about um, you know, I will say one, there's one story from the book I, that, that I want to, I want to highlight and, um, okay. and it's one woman and uh, a woman who, and it was actually who discovers in, in, during World War II, her calling. And she was, she, she was functionally illiterate. She was um, struggling through life, making her way, getting, getting places and stuff. Yeah. But it, during World War II in England, she first of all helped with the war effort and the auxiliary, um, fire service and then um again a little english history she she yeah. started helping no, I looking, like it. looking after evacuees who were evacuated out of london and began to help and and she and in many ways she was not skilled to do all the things you know yeah. but she was available and her life mm. her life calling was uncovered in the midst of desperation when the world was turned upside down in wow. tragedy and loss and that and she kept on fostering the 20 30, 40 years. She got an award at 94 for being England's most inspiring learner when she went back to school. Oh my gosh. And, uh, and she got, she did her uh, national six, her national exams in English, math and computer science of all things. And, oh my gracious. And I'm compelled by her story again and again, because that to me tells the story of a woman whose life was, you know, uh, you know, in this time of great upheaval, a life that could have gone any direction, but even in the midst of upheaval, uh-huh. God works his purposes out. And I also tell the story because she was my foster mother. Wow. And so I, I, oh. I'm reminded in moments like this. Do you know what I mean? The, the, that, it's her story that makes me confident. I don't know what all your people are facing and what they're struggling with, but I do know this. It's not over yet. It's not yeah. over yet. Yeah. Wow. My gosh. Oh, the book is full of those stories. Yes. I'm just ready. Joe, that's incredible. Thank you for writing and preaching and and leading us so beautifully. I'm so thankful. Oh, thank you. You're so kind. You're so kind. It's an Um, honor to be with you. Well, always. I feel the same. Um, Okay. Well, you know the last question we always ask. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you do for fun. Oh, you mean besides my Peloton? Uh (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Besides the bike. (laughs) Besides the bike. You know, at the minute, and I'm probably... Actually, I think one of the things I'm loving right now is connecting with my kids' friends. Um, really? Yeah, That's cool. I do. I mean, before before we were all socially quarantined and things, I used to do the sure. carpool. And I yes. used to say, this carpool is a space for the affirmation of other women. So you're going to say kind things about your friend. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That That's kind of great. Stuff. But now they're all on house party and all these other things. And I pop in right. all the cool. I, I Like I just lean over the kid's shoulder and stuff. Yeah. And I am loving <laughs> I'm just loving hearing the life in their voices and their boredom and all the great, and it's just funny. It's funny. How old are your girls now? They are um, 13 and nearly 15. Oh, wow. So freshman and seventh grader. And it's just been so much. I love it just because they're so vibrant and (laughs) and they're so cynical about certain things and jaded and dramatic. and And it's just been funny. It's just been comedy value. 
to pop in. It does mean my kid records her on a TikTok from time to time, which I'm a little bit stressed about. And that I, I cannot with TikTok. I can't do it. I can't. I'm scared I'm going to like it too much and be on it all the time. I know, just too, it is. I, I, they, I, I've dove and I've, I've dived in occasionally and, it, and I've needed to be drawn out. So yeah, yes, it's a lot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I mean, my, my mom was a similar way. My friend's mom's that liked talking to me and my friends yeah. were the ones that got to know the stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> when you True. think you're, when you think the grown up likes you, you tell them things. Yes. Turns out. Yeah. Turns out. <laughs> <laughs> turns out. So I'm learning and I'm like, Oh, did I want to know all of this? Oh, oh, well, we're here now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're like, now I know. Now I know. Oh, Joe, thanks for doing this. I'm so grateful for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Oh, friends, don't you just love her? Listen, Joe Saxton is one of the best. Make sure you grab a copy of her new book, Ready to Rise, and follow her on social media. Tell her thanks for being on the show and how much today's conversation meant to you. It meant a ton to me. And don't forget, we also have a YouTube video over at youtube.com slash Annie F. Downs, TSF, for That Sounds Fun. You can check out a little more of the conversation we had over there. We try to do that with all of our podcast guests. And over there, we've also got Annie's Fun List videos where we will show you how to do eye makeup. And we we did a recap of the Love Better Tour tomorrow, Chai Day Friday. Get ready for it, my friends. So make sure you head over to YouTube. And just a reminder, we've got a new little store up, the AFD store. You can get everything you'd want at shopanniefdowns.com. And remember, for the first month until May 17th, all the books will be signed and a portion of the proceeds will go to Christian Appalachian Project to help them feed families that are in need, particularly during this really hard time. For today's show, we also get to partner with IJM. International Justice Mission is the largest anti-slavery organization in the world. They work to rescue people out of slavery and sex trafficking and walk with survivors until they are restored and thriving in freedom. Y'all have heard us talking about them in the morning in the TSF quarantine episodes, which only one more day of TSF quarantine bingo, you guys. I hope you're playing along with us. But we've been sharing stories of hope, and I'd like to do that today. Today's story is about a man named Cuppin and Maliga, his wife, and these are pseudonyms for their protection. They were trapped in bonded labor slavery in South Asia. He was just 15 when he was trapped in a bonded labor scheme by a fake loan from a cruel landowner. And for the next 30 years... He worked tirelessly as he appeased the abusive farm owner. They got married, he and Maliga, and had four kids, all born in bondage. Two of his children married and had grandchildren, also in bondage. The whole family worked day after day, under the sun and in the rain, trapped as slaves and far from the eyes of the community. But one day, relatives learned about their situation and shared it with the community and government officials that had been trained by IJM. They mobilized a rescue operation alongside IJM. They freed the couple, their children, and grandchildren, and four other families. All 10 adult survivors were given release certificates by the government that officially broke their false debts and marked their freedom. This family was trapped for generations, and as much as I'd like to say that that's a rare thing, it isn't. Thousands of families are living in these situations of slavery today. But there's good news. You can help. Cuppin and Maliga are free today because people like you sent IJM to rescue them. Head to IJM.org slash be a hero and join IJM as a freedom partner. Freedom partners send lasting rescue and restoration by giving $24 or more each month. Give hope as a freedom partner today at IJM.org slash be a hero.
If you need anything else from me, friends, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, my house, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today. Stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. And we'll see you back here Monday with my buddy. Y'all aren't even ready. Pastor Michael Todd talking about relationship goals. We'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend.